Welcome to another episode of the Love Your City podcast. I'm here in person with my wonderful co-host, Letitia Shelton. It's really good to see you. Yes, we've been in isolation. That's here right. we are, one metre apart. And I'm waiting for you to say, it's good to see you too, Sam. <laughs> well, I saw you last week, but it's good to see you this week. So People don't know that. I think people you know, would no. be delighted to know that yes. we do enjoy each other's company. Yes, We do. It's kind of important. Anyway, you've been doing some interviews via Zoom. I think I think um, most of our listeners could relate to Zoom fatigue mm-hmm. at a time like this. Well done for powering on. Um, you're capturing some brilliant stories, and we've been featuring them in the podcast um, as uh, just over the last few weeks. This one we wanted to have a, have a bit of a chat beforehand. Uh, your interview with Andy Street from Bristol, mm. uh, great story. Tell us why it's great before our listeners tune in. Oh, well, I like it because I've met Andy and a bunch of people from his city, uh, Movement Day UK, a couple of years ago. And I love it because, um, yeah, I, I heard a panel of seven of them up on the stage and um, probably one of the most strategic strategies mm. I've ever seen for a citywide movement. Um, and so it's it's just good to come back and revisit with Andy and hear how they're doing and hear a bit more of the story. That's great. If you're going to have a strategy, it's important that a strategic Street, one has. Well, they're not always, you see. <laughs> <laughs> no, very good. Um, excellent. What I love, because obviously listen to the interview, I've done my prep, um, the, what I hear consistently from cities that are really um, Mm. making an impact is the longevity of some of the key leaders. And Andy talks about having been in the city, I think, for almost three decades. Not only the love that he developed for the city, but the investment of prayer and relationship and all that sort of thing. Um, This this city transformation stuff, unless God wants it to, doesn't happen with the click of your fingers. Um, There there are years and years of investment and relationship building and prayer and trust and all that sort of thing. And and, uh, that was a key... Thing that I heard uh, in this brilliant interview with Andy Street. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Here we go. Well, great to have with me today on Zoom is um, Andy Street, all the way from Bristol in the UK. Good morning for you, Andy. It's bright and early for you, actually, isn't it? It is bright and early, but I tend to be an early bird, so this is fine. Yeah, much better than the late night Zooms that some of us have been having. <laughs> you are in a city called Bristol. You've been living there for uh, around 40 years now. Why are you so passionate about your city? It's a great city. Uh, I guess if you live somewhere for that long and you see a city tra- change so much, um, and uh, certainly in the last 10 or 15 years, I've journeyed with it with a real sense of God's call, I guess, to engage in city life. You just get to know it, you get to love it, you get to recognise um, the fact that it's, uh, you know, Bristol is, is, is often referred to as quite a divided city. It's one of the most economically strong cities in the country, 10th largest city, half a million people, but it's probably the second or third strongest economy, or was until recently uh, with the coronavirus. It's also got huge need. Um, there's a real sense of God calling the church to reach out to those in need and to, uh, you know, from a practical sense, achieve some degree of, of uh, equality across the city, but also just share God's heart of love. He loves Bristol. He loves every community, but he certainly loves Bristol. Yeah, and uh, I love hearing people's passion for their own city. Um, now, Bristol, God has been doing amazing things in your city, and um, we're a part of the Worldwide Movement Day, um, and I was... We are. <laughs> London a few years ago where I heard just a great panel of what was happening in your city. Um, So maybe just bring us up to date in what God's been doing there the last five years or so, especially among unity. Yeah, I guess that uh, Bristol has often been seen as a city where 
churches have, have, have sort of dwelt together in unity, um, you know, for some years now. And of course, that lovely verse in Psalms that that's where God commands a blessing. And I've, I've I, we've seen that that being evident. Um, but about about four years ago. Um, uh, we uh, we have an elected mayor in Bristol. There are only a small number of cities in the, in the country that have an elected mayor. Uh, and um, our new mayor um, happened to be a guy called Marvin Rees, guy I knew very well. Um, uh, mixed race background, uh, new poverty as a child, single parent, uh, but uh, incredibly bright guy. Uh, came to faith as a child. Uh, and uh, for a Christian, um, got involved in all sorts of stuff, Tear Fund and other uh, projects uh, over in, in America. Uh, got an American wife, came back to Bristol, uh, stood for mayor, and he was voted in as mayor. Uh, so here we have a guy uh, who um, not only is passionate from a political perspective, but also really um, you know, wanted that sense of, of God breaking out, bringing that transformation. One of the first things he did when he became mayor was to bring a number of leaders together in a little church in the centre of Bristol. And I can still remember it, two days after he was elected, he literally prayed with us, he just welcomed the Holy Spirit into the city. And that's been so evident uh, during his time as mayor. He's actually got an extra year, he was supposed to be re-elected. Um, in fact, um, it is, uh, was to, to, the, the election was due tomorrow. Okay. Um, and it's been delayed a year, so he's got an extra year for nothing. How about that, because of the coronavirus? But it's been amazing. And over that time, uh, he has just opened the doors for the church to be able to reach out right across a whole number of, of areas of need in the city. Um, yeah. And it's been remarkable. Yeah. yeah. And if I remember correctly from just hearing the story, I love that yeah, you really got behind him in running for mayor. Um, he wasn't just this wild card out on his own. There was prayer behind him. And once he got elected, um, the churches certainly came in and surrounded him in a whole... Yeah strategy of how do we reach our city um not just you know um, build bigger churches but how do we make uh, how do we end the poverty how do we cover the city in prayer and um your city has um i'd encourage is there a website we can send people to to see what you're doing yeah so one one website you can go to is the uh, christian action bristol website uh, if you just Google Christian Action Bristol, you better go on there and you'll see some of the stuff that's that's happening. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so as, as church, we meet with him monthly. Uh, there's a bunch of us that just meet with him to pray with him. Uh, when he became mayor, you know, the first question was, what's on your heart, Marvin? What do you sense uh, we can do as church? And he had this um, sort of ask and offer. He basically said, look, you know, any section of the city can come and make an offer to the city to address an issue and come with an ask, you know, if you need to, uh, you know, access certain parts of the city. Uh, you're not going to get any money, but you'll certainly get access and favour. And we've taken him at his word. And we just identified five or six key areas of need and said, look, we want to get around the city and, and just uh, address some of those issues. It might be food poverty. It might be uh, issues around um, troubled children. It was fostering adoption, a bunch of things, often related to family life. Uh, and the basic needs of life, um, and there are many people in the city that have got profound need. Um, we just wrapped our arms around the city uh, and started to release uh, resources, and and we got extraordinary access. In the you know question in the context of a, an increasingly secular world, 
the level of access and acceptance we've got as Christians and church in the city is unparalleled in the history of the city, in my view. Yeah. No, it is. And I think um, your, your city's strategy is one of the best that I've seen across all the movement days and all the cities that we've seen. So I encourage people to go and have a look. Um, you mentioned the Christian Action Bristol. You're actually the chair of that. Um, and so you're in a great position. Just to tell us a bit more of, of what you're doing and the results you're seeing. What yeah, so Christian Action Bristol is just really an umbrella. Um, and it, it just is that context of bringing together um, the church and, and Christian charities across, across the city. Um, and through that, we, we just sought to get organisations in different areas, not, not to suddenly become one organisation, but just work together smarter. Um, you know, in, in collaboration and partnership, what we call unity. And again, it's that sense, not just churches working together, but the church in all its forms working together. And we've seen remarkable um, results. Um, you know, in re recently, some strategic work around fostering adoption, encouraging uh, couples in church to, to volunteer, to, to be foster parents. And actually the current crisis um, of 300 foster children in foster care 85 of the foster carers are 65 plus and therefore at risk they're vulnerable so we had the risk emergency issue of 85 children potentially having to either go back to their abusive parents or go into 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 care so we we brought a call to the, the city two weeks ago three weeks ago and we've already had 50 couples that have come forward to go through um fast track training uh, to be able to become temporary foster carers to make sure those kids are supported similarly uh, over the last five ten years we've built a, a strategic approach to food poverty uh, and again, because we had a, a network of organisations really working together smartly in the city uh, with the coronavirus, all we've had to do really is just make that more resilient uh, with some emergency food bank provision, uh, resources coming in, almost without exception. Every um, new expression of, of uh, meeting need in the city has been a church that's put their hand up to do it. And, and the just amazing church leaders who are extraordinarily strategic in their own right giving time, um, I say just to, is important, but running a food bank. They're not running a church anymore, they're running a food bank, but yeah. they're doing it kingdom heart for the city and, and often in the most deprived parts of the city. So it's been extraordinary to see the church just saying, we're gonna do it, um, without any question of, of whether they see that as a, as a core activity as a church leader, um, they're just doing it. Which is and fantastic. I think I just need to let Australians know because in, <laughs> In our country, I mean, probably, I can't remember how many years ago, but the, your government was no longer able to fund a lot of these um, activities or programs. None of it is funded by government. Yeah, no, and every, so that's every, every, yeah, yeah. So every expression, all the programs that we've got, uh, government don't fund it. In fact, local government don't fund it because yeah, most so local governments in the UK are, are pretty, pretty strapped for cash. This is just what I'm wanting to draw out here because, um, Unfortunately, our government funds so much, um, which is lovely, but That's nice. <laughs> it's meant that the church has stood back. In fact, during this crisis, I've been on a Zoom call with um, 40 agencies around our city and 99% of them are non-Christian. The church is hardly there because we haven't needed to be, but we should be. <laughs> Okay. Because of our, yeah. all our government funding and our great organisations and resources, I think the church has um, stood back a bit. But uh, and that's uh, unfortunately with you guys, you've had to step in in a major way, and you have. And this is the exciting thing. I think we've also done is that we've encouraged um, just that sense that 
uh, it isn't just church doing it alone. So one of the, the amazing signs of unity in the city has been uh, two or three years ago, we were moving towards uh, having something spoken over the city about Bristol being a city of hope. Um, and in doing that, we brought all sectors of the city together. So we've had some events where we've had business leaders, uh, we've had charity leaders, we've had faith leaders, church leaders, and we've had civic leaders. Uh, and in that room, maybe only half and half will be half Christian, half not. So for me, it's about being solid light. It's not just churches doing a Christian project in isolation. It's churches working together with other agencies, with business, the, the whole city coming together um, being that being that that um, that light on the hill, that that song light in the city, um, and being accepted as that. So there's no, you know, five or ten years ago, it would have been very difficult to be um, uh, upfront about it in the city. There would have been suspicion. We're very we're very cautious around church, around how we align with the faith group. Yeah. Now, forget it. They have no issue. Um, yeah, so it is remarkable. And politicians accept us, uh, business accepts us. Uh, look, welcoming. And that's been my experience in my city when we, um, when Christians start helping uh, meet, meeting needs and being out there practically, it gives us huge credibility. And um, For sure. this is what it's done in your city, um, which, which is great. And uh, I pray that in our nation, we can see more of it because it just opens the way for the gospel. Um, just as we finish up here, also, I know you have um, a huge prayer strategy. Um, you've got some real prayer warriors uh, across your city. And you were just saying to me before that uh, Bristol has the least amount of um, COVID cases across the nation. You still have a lot, but you have the least. Um, and would you say that's a bit of a result of, of the prayer that you've had going, the prayer covering over your city? Yeah, it's a difficult thing to say because, um, uh, you know, one, one level, human level, you'd say, well, why should God favour Bristol any more than another city? And I, and I say this cautiously. Mm. But before the, the, the virus even was really well known, uh, one or two people, there's an amazing lady called Sheena Tramter, who's got a global um, passion for prayer and intercession. Uh, she's actually a surgeon um, and uh, is really knowledgeable around this stuff. And uh, she was encouraging us to pray. Uh, we were praying literally around the borders of the city, on the, the seven hills around the city. We were praying there uh, and speaking uh, over the city. Um, and that's been carrying on. Uh, that's been happening. Um, and... Um, you know, real sense that, that you know, we, this, this was going to be a profound moment. This, the country was going to be hit hard. Um, and uh, we were just praying that protection over the city. Of course, we've had people die. Uh, but the number of cases uh, and the number of people, a number of fatalities has been uh, the smallest of any of the 10 core cities in the country. Um, and so it's interesting, Marvin was on a call the other day um we we have a weekly uh, call with church leaders about 40 50 church leaders uh, just to inform them of what the key issues in the city are and marvin came on uh, a couple of weeks ago and, and somebody said well, why is it marvin that um you know there have been so few cases and uh he said well he said maybe it's because we plan well maybe it's we got such a poor um um public transport system there's people aren't going on buses <laughs> catching it and he said, well, actually, maybe it's because of prayer. And uh, so uh, you know, I think Marvin recognises that. It's difficult for him to say that in, in public, yeah. in, in, a, in a secular sense, but he knows that he has um, a huge amount of prayer for him every day. 
uh, you know, there's just 24-7 prayer going up for, for the city and for him uh, as leader. Um, and although he's a political um, appointee, uh, politics has got nothing to do with it. We love Marvin because uh, of who he is and his authenticity and integrity. Uh, and, and the way he's come up from a, a poor background, uh, understands what it is uh, to, to struggle to put food on the table and to have a single mum and an abusive dad. Um, so he cares about those things uh, passionately, not just because of politics, but because of who he is and the journey he's been on. And that shines through in the way that he speaks over the city and speaks into the city um, with a real kingdom heart, which is amazing. So just um, briefly as we end, Andy, just tell me um, why the unity of the body of Christ is so vital for the health of our cities. Oh, it's absolutely critical. And I, uh, again, that, uh, that verse in, in, in Psalm, Psalm 73, isn't it? Um, you know, when brothers dwell together in unity, um, you know, that's where God commands um, the, the blessing. And we have seen in Bristol so much evidence of, of that. Um, and for me, it breaks down walls. Uh, it defeats the enemy. The enemy um, is not happy when not only to, to churches with different denominations, different styles of worship, even differences around theology, part those and say, we want to honour God, we want to serve Jesus in our city. Um, something happens, something breaks. And we've seen that happen in some of the most deprived parts of the city where historically churches have tended to be siloed, really struggling because of the weight of deprivation. When you see them realise that when they come together, despite maybe historic differences, and they part that and they get on their knees and weep over their community, something happens. And that's happening in some of those areas. So for me, uh, not only is it a biblical principle, but we've actually seen evidence of it happening literally now, today, uh, in, in, city, in, in, in the city, in different areas. Um, and there's a real sense that, that um, God's got his hand on the world, but he's got his hand on every community. And his heart is for every part of this, uh, this globe. And it's for Toowoomba too. Um, but uh, for sure, when we come together and we simply want to serve him, and brings God's, God's heart of love into a community, and we do that together, something happens. It yeah. breaks the enemy's hold over a place. No yeah. question on no, that's right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, thank you for um, just sharing some of your journey in Bristol and uh, so that the rest of the world can be inspired and we continue to stand with one another across the world um, and believe for redeemed cities um, now and into the So thank you so much, Andy. Bless you, Tisha. Great to be with you.